Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and by the sweat of my brow, today we will pod. Barry's here to eat, eat, and share, share his sermon from last week, week. (laughs) We're getting provocative and talking about Sabbath, but before we get into it, now that they've ground me to dust, let's welcome in our favorite thorns and thistles, Marion and Barry. Good day, guys. (laughs) Good day. Whew, that was packed. It's a lot of references. Lots of content. Yeah. It's good. Got to see the sermon, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you won't have any idea what we're talking about. <laughs> what yeah. are we doing? We're going to eat, eat, and... Share, share. Share, share. <laughs> <laughs> it's written twice to emphasize it. Yep. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to start with you. How are you doing? Whoa! Whoa! I just feel like Plot preempting oh, his my. question. Big things happening. Let's hear it. We have opened the door to potty training. <laughs> yes. Uh, mixed results. I'd say so Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Uh, my wife is okay. So we've got a two year old, we've got a baby, baby diapers are way more pleasant than two year old diapers. Yes. Okay. Mild. My, my, yeah. (laughs) My wife is way past being over two year old diapers. She's, she's done with it. Yeah. So you're moving on in the middle of the day on Saturday. She's like, let's just start potty training right now. In her seven. Yes. Yeah. That totally sounds like <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like still drinking my coffee. I'm like, what is happening? What? There's no time like the present. Yeah. Well, all right. So she's probably, I hope she doesn't listen to this, but <laughs> she said, she declared we're going to potty train and promptly fell asleep on the couch with the baby. So <laughs> it, it, uh, Milo has his own little like plastic toilet or potty. In the living room, we put on Frozen. We feed him like 20 popsicles to just like get it out of him. We're like, all right, buddy, you're going to be naked and you're going to be sitting on this potty all day and you're going to just have a steady diet of popsicles. <laughs> Smash cut to like 13 minutes later where he's just bouncing off the walls. Sure. sure. Naked, Sugar by diet. the way. Uh, <laughs> Covered in uh, sticky yeah, popsicle yeah. juice. Yeah. Um, yeah, mixed results. So while she was sleeping, he we were like, all right, let's we've got a bunch of Toy Story like undies. And yeah. so we put some undies on him and he promptly soiled them. <laughs> and so mixed results. He we celebrate every time we go actually, friends of the pod, I could use some tips. Actually, you you might have some tips, Marin. I might. I could use some tips because yeah, we're like four days into this and he seems like super excited to go to go sometimes if there's like popsicle involved but otherwise not really into it yeah the celebration though it's got to be accurate you guys were over at our house the other day and he he's like i want to go to the potty or something yeah. and you're like great okay let's go and you went with him into the bathroom and then you came back and and somebody asked him did you go potty he goes yeah and, and everybody, everyone cheered and <laughs> yeah. applauded and you came back and i looked at you and you just shook your head no, no he didn't go <laughs> oh, he didn't. He, he, so he got all that affirmation yeah. for nothing he has to understand the difference between sitting yeah like going into the room where the potty is versus going yes. potty Sure. He's like, I don't know why. Every yeah. time I go into that room, everyone gets all excited. Well, guys, yeah. not only have I successfully potty trained my own two children, I also helped to potty train my sister's three young children oh, wow. from about three hours away. Wow. Using my favorite tool. If there is a treat that outdoes all the other treats, I think you've seen me with this treat in hand. A can of chocolate whipped cream. Don't eat shrimp. <laughs> I would not use shrimp as a reward system. Chocolate whipped cream. Chocolate whipped cream. Yeah, you brought some of that home one time for me. Yeah, I did. 
And it was amazing. Yeah, that's so the stuff. You just let them have at the like, it's, entire it's, container. It is so good. I think it's a treat that's so far outside of the ordinary. The child will like my, my niece would work extra hard to make the slightest bit of potty yeah. so that she could have that treat. That stuff huh. is actually next time you go to Chicago, we yeah. just get go to like I don't know. Costco and get me a whole. It's not a Costco. Palette. I will have to go to the Midway Airport region to our little Polish grocery store. That's the only place that has. You can't get it That's online. It. You can't get it anywhere and around. Nope. No. Right. Go to shop and save. Big changes in my life, guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's going on with you? <laughs> what about you, Marin? What's wow, new? you just really want to go last today. <laughs> I just don't have, you. I don't you know. have so much to I share. I don't have anything that exciting to share. So. I feel like I don't have that much exciting to share either. Well, not that I can share publicly i have one exciting oh, thing secrets i do i have a lot of secrets i have one exciting thing on the horizon but i can't share it what because my father listens to the pod so uh, just share it and his, if it's a secret we'll edit it out his birthday is coming up march 13th and i had this big plan to go on my Wait, second road trip march of 13th. the year march 13th that's my wife's birthday yeah oh really yeah wow and go mine's ahead. mine's the 15th and his is the 17th we should uh all get the that, greatest people we should yeah. get your dad and my wife together for a birthday party <laughs> <laughs> That That'd sounds be ideal. Quite a party. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So no, I, I made some plans with my brother to do this kind of birthday kind of heist. I so guess. we gotta edit this part out. I get no, no, I'm not saying what we're doing. Uh, I, I did have to call him to say, like, hey, pack your bags. We're gonna be gone for three days. Make sure um you pack a bag for grandma. And then I found somebody to take care of grandma while we're gone. So Wow. Yeah, I'm really excited about that thing yeah. that's coming up. <laughs> All right. All right. That we get to do. But yeah, cool. other than that, you know, Barry, what's up with you? What's happening? I, it's very ironic that this particular weekend was all about Sabbath and rest. Cause it's been anything but in my world, I've been doing a lot and I don't know. I'm just, that's always lame being saying that I'm busy. Cause I really genuinely don't want to be a busy person. Yeah. I want to just, you're a grown up boy. I am now a grown up boy, but it's been a lot. <laughs> and a lot of it's just writing. I'm writing so much. I'm trying to, you know, write sermon every week and and also i'm doing like fan jam where i'm i'm speaking to the the kids about the church and then i'm doing this thing the every child symposium next weekend and meanwhile i've got to write up these sermon overviews for like future series that are not even coming till july but those have to happen because we have our continuity meeting so it's just like well Marin, usually when we say i mean barry (laughs) usually when we say (laughs) uh yes to so many things I, we feel overwhelmed. That is true. I call you Marin because that's, that's that's what Marin does. What we does. call it, we call it's it marining. Yeah, I'm, I'm marined. <laughs> uh, no, but anyway, so it's it's fun. I, writing is like my favorite thing, and teaching is my favorite thing. It's just a lot, a lot of work. Um, the one thing that I will say at home is that we are getting very close to finishing this this uh, sink, this vanity that I've been talking about and working on. I now realize. The, the the reason that people don't DIY all the time is because it takes so much longer than you think it's going to take. Yeah. And I've been to Lowe's for just <laughs> for literally just to get the sink plumbing working for five separate trips yeah. because I'm going to stab myself with a machete and, and then I'll I will die. die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, we're getting close and it looks really pretty. The uh, vanity top looks amazing. Yeah, it looks great. But I still have to get all the plumbing figured out. And so that's what I'm going to mm-hmm. go do after this. I'm going to go home and I'm going to, get that sink going it's all right great so is the bathroom usable uh not the sink okay. but the toilet's fine yeah and the and live redid like all the um 
the tub. She used this yeah. paint stuff that like is supposedly supposedly works for tubs, and it looks incredible. It, it really looks great. So, um, oh, I know. There's one other thing that happened. We had a uh, basically a massive turnover in our foster buns, Whoa. our foster rabbit room, because five of our foster rabbits got adopted last Saturday. Wow. And so I love squirrel noises. Yep. And so now we have a whole bunch of new fosters in there. And so the journey continues, but we had like a week of just Humphrey and Rue oh, in wow. our house. We made one say, How quick is that turnaround from five well, of your rabbits being adopted to more coming in? It was, it was about a week. We asked, actually, they were going to give us more rabbits that day, but I was like, please, can we just have a week? Because <laughs> that room, the foster room was just, it needed some attention. And sure. so live. Because how many were in there? There were one, two, three, four, uh-huh. five, six. Oh, wow. And then the sixth uh, went to the adoption center the next day or whatever. So basically we had no foster rabbits for a week. Well, and now you got vampire rabbits. They're, I'll, you mean they're white rabbits? Yeah, white yeah, with, with the red, red eyes. eyes. Yeah. I, I, that was my rabbit. Oh, really? White with red those eyes, are, yeah. Those are scary. They're not scary. Well, those we things were, are scary, man. We were very ignorant, and we're trying to make it like cohabitate with a ferret. They're like, <laughs> they're natural enemies. Which is also scary. Real dumb we were. <laughs> they're um, natural enemies? It was an age before internet. <laughs> wow. Anyway, all that to say, the new new rabbits are nice, and we we reorganized the room and cleaned it based on what we've learned from having, you know, entire room full of rabbits, and now it is much more yeah. accessible and open, and it's great. So. Cool. Yeah, life in, in on the farm is good, and so, my uh, horse bite is healing. <laughs> all right, good. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah. yeah. Did you say how many rabbits you have in there now? Now there is uh, there are two solos, two girls that are solo, and one bonded pair of boys. Oh wow! And they're all they're all white. So except one of them looks like a little seal, like a little is like it brown called, and white seal. I, I was gonna say, did they all come from the same litter? But is it even called a litter? Yeah, it's a litter. But yeah. no, I don't think they're from the same litter. I, the boys are; they're brothers. But I don't know. Anyway, huh? So there you go. That's Great. all. That's what's been going on. All right. That's cool. Exciting. Lots of good stuff. Uh, are you guys going to Indie Fuel? I am. I'm speaking to Fan Jam. Oh yeah, I will not Fan be Jam. Able to make it. Uh, Marin. Yeah. What What's happening at Indie Fuel? What are we doing? It's Faith um, and Family Night at the Indie Fuel. Hope you got your tickets, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So you would go to the Grace Church website and scroll down a little bit and click on where it says Indie Fuel. And I guess uh, $5 for every ticket that's purchased to this game mm-hmm. um, goes to our care center. Yeah. So it's a fundraiser for the care center. It's something fun to do with your family. And I guess we're doing like a full-fledged concert at the end of this game. So, Sweet. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. I've never, I've gigged in a lot of places for a lot of never different reasons. Hockey. Never. Never on ice. Never on ice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm going to bring Milo. Yeah. I think we're going to go. Oh, fun. Yeah. Uh, it's way past his bedtime, so who knows how long we'll be able to stay, but... Give him some popsicles. Yeah, that's true. Just pump him full of ices and... That always Use works. the potty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So you're playing there and I assume other campus worship leaders and mm-hmm. yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Just, um, I think Brad, Brad assembled this, this band and it's, um, it's just going to be really fun. I saw the songs that he picked and looks like a really, uh, fun, energetic time of music. It's cool. Great. Bummed. I can't be there. All right. Yeah. Well, but you're you doing be, something cool too. You'll be doing other fun, energetic yeah, things. I'll be bouncing on bounce houses. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. The kids. Yeah. Real careful when you do that though. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm 30, I'm almost 37. Well, I gotta be careful <laughs> with my 
The last big wipeout I had was trying to do like a forward flip. And I did. I successfully completed the forward flip in the bouncy house, but my face landed (laughs) right where the bouncy house curves downward into this crevasse where it meets like the (laughs) the mesh of the netting and netting in the face. Oh, yeah. It's rough and tumble. It was real bad. (laughs) It's not good. Wow. All right. Be careful in there. (laughs) Oh, all right. So we are in week five. Yep. Of our six-week series, Return to Eden. Barry, you're here because you gave the message last weekend. And because I'm a co-host of this podcast. That's right. (laughs) You're always here. Uh, But specifically, can you shed some light on uh, the big idea from last weekend? You talked about Sabbath. Can you kind of share what you wanted people to walk away with for anybody who may have missed it or has not yet listened to the sermon yet? Yeah, absolutely. So really big picture. Um... I, this whole series, as we've said multiple times is about, um, it's about God's desire to bring humanity back into his presence. And that presence is essentially symbolized in the story of scripture by the mountain garden of Eden, which is, uh, that's, that's the story of getting humanity back to Eden is essentially the story of scripture. And it's what, uh, it's what the law is all about. It's what the coming of Christ is all about, et cetera. So, um, Sabbath I introduced as a concept which I think of as the most provocative idea in the law, and it's actually an invitation to spend one-seventh of your time, one day a week, as, as the people of Israel, resting completely and not working a bit, and instead relying on God's provision um, for your sustenance. And I, I described that that idea then built into also the Sabbath year and the year of Jubilee, and so there are all these other elements to it but essentially it's a it's an invitation to choose it to choose trust instead of self-sufficiency mm-hmm. and that then kind of uh echoes outward into scripture to the point where jesus comes along and i argue that he's not uh, he, he's constantly overturning the sabbath regulations in the pharisees minds because he's technically working quote unquote working but what he's actually doing is bringing healing and life and uh he's healing people on the sabbath which is precisely the point of the Sabbath is a day to practice returning to Eden, to practice a life of abundance. And so I said, he, he didn't just live Sabbath days. He lived a Sabbath life and he invites us to live a Sabbath life as well. So Mm -hmm. my application, which we can get into was a little bit different than what you might think uh, a sermon about Sabbath would be. Normally when I've heard Sabbath applied to Christian life, it's usually we should take the principles of the Sabbath and just try to be more intentional with our days off. We need to be more careful with our time. But I kind of used it as an opportunity to ask some even bigger questions about our values and about the way that we arrange our life uh, in the pursuit of more, in the struggle, in the grind, uh, because Sabbath is is meant to be a stop to the grind and a, yeah. you know and a way out of the uh, being ground back to dust that humanity faces. So I'm sure I m- miss a ton of stuff, frankly. This sermon of all the sermons I've given in recent memory has the most uh, mental baggage behind it that mm-hmm. I carried into this message that I had to leave on the cutting room floor. So much stuff to the point where I I still cut out like hours worth of content and managed at nine o'clock on Sunday to preach for 42 minutes. Yeah. When, uh, we're supposed to <laughs> preach. We're supposed to preach 30 minute sermons. And so all of our kids volunteers are on strike. Sorry, right now. I want to know what kind of mental baggage you left on the cutting room floor could, because it was yeah. still pretty provocative. All to right. me. So let's start there. <laughs> yeah. Not what you left, but 
you said you started the whole thing by saying this is the most provocative part of the law. Yeah. And just to, if I'm like doing a drive by of topics. Yeah. And I'm scrolling through the page and I'm like, what's the most provocative? Right. What, what's like going to get me going? Right. Sabbath is not on the top exactly. like 100 things. So <laughs> can you right. explain why you said this was the most provocative part of the law? Yeah. Well, to the ancient Israelites and I, and to some people today who, who live uh, basically every day trying to put food on the table, the ancient Israelites who lived in an agricultural society where your your grounds productivity, your crop yield is the most important thing because it determines whether or not your family's going to survive. It determines whether you're going to slide into poverty or end up in riches. Like it is, you know, everything depends on how well your crops do for you to not maximize the time that you have to make sure that those crops work, but instead to actually spend one out of every seven days, just not doing anything, not harvesting, not tilling, not pressing grapes, like not, not doing anything, just sitting around when you could be out there getting it done is it's just such a wild idea. It requires such a level of trust because think about it. What if, what if you have like, you know, five or six days in a row of just terrible weather, it's, it's miserable. You're barely able to get any work done. And then the Sabbath comes along and it's this perfect dry day where you could get a lot of work done. Yeah. No, not that day. You got to sit, you got to sit around. Like that kind of thing would happen again and again and again. And it really, if you were an ancient Israelite, it would be very challenging Mm -hmm. to really do that. And and we see plenty of examples of the Israelites not taking it seriously or I'll rest, but my servants are going to have to, are going to have to do the work that day, that kind of thing. But the law is no, Everyone, your servants, your children, your livestock, everybody yeah. rests on that. Split day. hooves. That was so loud. <laughs> uh, that hurt my eardrums. So sorry. <laughs> so all that to say, that was provocative for them. And I, bringing it to our workaholic culture for yeah. today, the same idea of are we willing to actually stop the drive for more? Uh, and are we really able to say what I have is enough? That's a really provocative thing if you think about it, because our culture is so wired for more. And and yeah, and so it's regardless of how you slice it, whether you are an agricultural Israelite or a modern workaholic, it still calls you to a life of trust. And that is very, very hard to do. Yeah. Well, and not everybody who works hard is a workaholic. Like you said, some people are just struggling to put food on the table with the amount of work that they're doing. Right. And so, yeah, the, the, the more I sat with it, the more I realized why you thought that, why you would say that this would be the most provocative of all the laws. Yeah. I was provoked. Yeah. So (laughs) I was thinking about what this would feel like and okay. Say, say you lose your job and you're spending all your time, all your waking hours trying to find a new job. You're online, you're networking, you're all this stuff. But one day a week, you're like, I'm not going to do any of that. Right. And there's a threat of like not having any money, losing your home, losing stuff. The the feeling is, well, I'm not going to waste that day. Right. You know, it's like, I got to keep going. Right. I got to keep grind. Like you use the word grind. Like, right. Once I started thinking of it that way, it's it like made sense. My wife and I have talked a lot about like what does it mean when we say like God will provide? What is it? Mm-hmm. Do we right. truly believe God will provide? Are we in a situation where we're actually even 
not trusting, but we're grinding right. ourselves. Right. Um, so yeah, when I, when I start thinking of it that way, it is super provocative because right. I started thinking like, man, I, I've created a life that is super self-sufficient if I need it to be. Right. Uh, because if I'm looking for a job or if things are like racing to the bottom of, of the barrel in my life, my, I am almost certain I'd be like, I just got to stay right. awake longer. Just got to get out of my hustle. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And, and that's a, I think it's a great example. Uh, that's a perfect example. Cause it's, it's essentially saying, I'm going to trust God that you will come through for me Yeah. because I'm trusting you yeah. to not do it myself. Yeah. But that, that's risky. Cause what if God yeah. doesn't come through for you? What if you yeah. don't get the job? What if you can't, you know, so it is, it's risky to, to imagine uh, that well, God would actually do that. Is that what we are asking of ourselves and of this church and of our people? I, one of the questions I had was, you know, okay, Sabbath, that all sounds great. Um, but their entire, <laughs> their entire society was structured that way. Yeah. My bank does right. not, it's not structured this way right. or, or, or whatever. My, right. my kids sporting event is, is not structured this way. So right. are we really saying, okay, everybody, let's just collectively take a Sabbath day like they did in ancient Israel. Right. Or are you talking about a newer way or a, a, a different way, maybe even a better way of finding Sabbath yeah. in our lives on an ongoing basis? You just said at the beginning of this podcast, Jesus lived a Sabbath life more than just taking the occasional weekly right. Sabbath day. Right. So, what does that look like? That's exactly, question. yeah, you're right. That's, that is the, the, that is the reality. We don't live in a society that's organized this way. There are some parts of the world like Jerusalem where you could go and live in a way that all of the shops are going to be open on Friday and everybody's going to be working to make sure that you're going to be able to get all the stuff you need for your family for the whole Sabbath because the whole society in like certain parts of Jerusalem is Jewish and they are yeah. together working to prepare for something and no one's going to be bothering you with work stuff. Your phone's not going to be on and no one is expecting your phone to be on. So like being in a society like that where the whole group's mm -hmm. taking the same day, like that is, that is one way to do it. But you're right. We, I mean, I take Fridays off now, but like some people who work here don't, they take Mondays off. And so regardless, somebody's going to be working in my community when I'm, trying to right. get off and vice versa. So it does take a different kind. And so, yeah, I was trying to invite people to think bro more broadly, what does yeah. the Sabbath concept lead us to? And yeah. it may not be, I'm going to take a whole day off. It may be, I'm going to not pursue that promotion. Mm -hmm. Right. Or I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that third job mm. because I know that I, if I do that, I'm going to be completely relying on my own strength. And that's why I encourage I, this. We're so individualistic that we look at everything through the lens of what specifically do I need to do and how's God going to come through for me. And I, I tried in that second question to raise the possibility that this is more of a communal thing. So if you are the person that is so pressed to put food on the table, are there ways you can trust God by letting our community care for you? And mm. so I, I was encouraging people to let, you know, join life groups, uh, let the care center provide for you because that grinding into dust is something that often most likely happens when you're yeah. alone and a community can help you break free of it. Yeah. So let's back up a little bit. Yeah. And, um, you reference this a lot throughout the sermon, the eat, eat. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit about what that 
that, that is. My son really liked that one. That Did one he, stuck he that out one? to Jaden. Good. We went out to lunch after church. And He's he like, I'm he about to eat. Well, yeah. So in in Genesis, God is telling Genesis two. I want to say God is telling Adam. Basically, all right, he puts, Adam puts mankind in the garden to tend and watch over the garden. And then it says, you may, of all the trees in the garden, you may eat, eat. That's what it says in in Hebrew. Uh, It's there twice to emphasize it. And Hebrew does that with certain other words. Mm -hmm. It'll repeat a word twice to really, uh, Jesus does it whenever he's like, whenever we read, uh, truly, truly, I tell you, Mm -hmm. or verily, Mm -hmm. I tell you. Verily, verily. The word in Greek (laughs) is amen, amen. I tell you this, like, mm-hmm. he's like, this is pay attention. This is a big deal. Same thing. So to say, eat, eat, it's like, we usually have it translated as you may surely eat or def- <laughs> you could definitely eat, yeah. anything. but it really, it's like, it's just this abundance mm. that, that I wanted to try to get across. And so I like that because it's, it's not just, Hey, you know, eat whatever you want. It's no eat, eat, like yeah. have a blast, eat yeah. your fill. You have access to everything. It's we want you to there. have your fill. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, okay, do you guys remember a while back when I went and bought my first plants at that permaculture place? Yeah. It, it was. I remember it like the, it was yesterday. <laughs> I do. It, I, even though it was the end of the season, like the fall, it was, it was towards the end of fall. So the, 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 his, this guy's property, he has a whole um, permaculture farm. It was eat, eat. And it was. Eden, I realized because we were walking around and I was like, he was like, have you ever tried one of these persimmons here? Take this. And he pulled it right off the tree, gave it to me and I ate something. It's all hyper organic stuff. So, it's yeah. not, you know, no pesticides. You don't even have to wash it. Uh, it Insects I, don't have blood in them. <laughs> Whatever. Wow. I like and at one point I was buying an apple tree from him and I said, what does the apple taste like? Is it? And he's like, well, you want to find out? We, he's like, I think I've got one over here. And he's like, here, here you go. Yeah. Here's a little part. Cut off this part here. Eat this. And it was just like. We tried uh, hazelnuts. We're just trying all this stuff. It was literally walking around just eating stuff off trees and stuff. And that to me is what I imagine Eden is supposed Mm -hmm. to be like, where you're never going to eat your fill or you're never going to eat to the point of uh, robbing the the garden of more food to eat. Mm -hmm. You'll have your fill. You'll, You'll just always have more than you need is the kind of the mentality of the abundance that God wants us to have. Yeah. So eat, eat. I use that a lot to kind of describe the type of abundance that God is inviting us to yeah. experience. And so then you jump to Deuteronomy five, where That's, it talks about Sabbath. Yep. 10 commandments. And you said, uh, Sabbath just definition kind of just means to stop. Yeah. Uh, to rest. And the Israelites did this together in yes. community, right? It, yeah. it all happened on the same day yeah. or the same time of now. I don't want to go too, too far into it, but if you remember, they actually were first, According to the narrative, they were first introduced to the concept of Sabbath with uh, manna when they were in the wilderness before they even got to Mount Sinai. Mm. God gives them manna and he says, now on the seventh day, you go out, there's not going to be anything out there. So you got to gather double on the sixth day. But if you try to keep too much after any of the other days, it's all going to rot. But the stuff that you gather on the sixth day is not going to rot. Right. It's going to stay good till the seventh day. And so he introduces the concept to them mm-hmm. even before they're given the rest of the law. Yeah. Which is just a fun fact, I guess. Which, yeah, <laughs> if I'm thinking, uh, I'm putting myself in one of their positions, like, I'm just going to narf mana on the sixth day. Right. Which is kind of what you... Eat, you'd eat more than your fill on the sixth day, you mean? Right. Is that what narf just means? So, yeah. We just, just so, wanted <laughs> to define narf. Just so it wouldn't go rotten. <laughs> oh, right. It... it, it you right. said you to, in your sermon, like, let God, like, 
Knock your socks knock off your so- on the sixth day, yeah. Yeah, I'd knock my socks off with some man on that sixth day so that and it wouldn't go And you'd eat it all, and then yeah. you'd, you'd intermittently fast on the seventh yeah, day. That's right. what you're saying. Yeah. Um, okay, so you said this was also unique to Israel, the idea of Sabbath. As far as, as far as we've been able to tell from archaeology, there are no other references to any other civilizations doing a Sabbath day. They would have feast days and things mm-hmm. like on the 10th day of the week or whatever, but they'd have 10 day weeks. That's yeah. not, I didn't just make that up. So they did it's not Israel. Some oh, places, yeah, yeah, other, right. other civilizations had 10 day weeks and things. Cause they um, were on the lunar calendar or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you said the seven, seven days a week is not unique to Israel. The, the resting on one day. Well, of America the week, made it up. What? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, and in fact, it was so unique that when they came to Rome, the, the Jews in Rome, we have records of people thinking that they were just lazy because they didn't want to work. Yeah. Because imagine, I, I mean, I if you're <laughs> on the for eighth, real. ninth and 10th day, they just didn't want to do anything. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, on the seven day weeks that the fact that they would want to take one whole day off, everyone was like, you're oh, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. You're ridiculous. Yeah. And if, Oof. if people do that now, you'd probably get a similar reaction. Y- yeah. Like Chick-fil-A is closed and we're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, even like, I can't clean my kitchen. Like mm. really? Like right. that's what I use my yeah. day off for. I use my right, day right. off to catch yeah. up on the, all yeah, the other work. To get work ready for the next time. That what, didn't next get week. Done. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's one of the things that I I actually had written probably ten minutes worth of stuff all about getting practical about days off and all that stuff about the more traditional stuff, and then I deleted it all and went the other route, the bigger picture route. Um, but yeah, that was one of the things that, to talk about. How what does this actually mean? Because I do I. I, f- I do uh, bunny litter boxes on my day off. I clean all the litter boxes out and give them fresh hay and stuff. And n- in my mind, I, I've, this may just be justification, but in my mind, I now look at that as a, an act of Sabbath because I am creating, I, I'm protecting creatures and giving them their own little Sabbath where they get to eat, eat. Uh, God you know. rules. <laughs> yeah. And so I now, maybe it's just justification for that because it yeah. is working, but it's, it's, it's spreading life. I'm I'm protecting fullness of life for right. my little creatures. That's funny. I thought of that in regard to, you know, most of us here at Grace Church work on the holy day of the week. Right. I mean, that is a work day for us, but we are spreading that fullness of life and we are sharing that. So while it might sometimes feel like, okay, got to get up, got to yeah. do the work, yeah. um, you know, in context of what we're actually doing, it it's a part of Sabbath. I don't think that that replaces Sabbath for me. Right. I've been for thinking sure. a lot about what this looks like um, in my week and in my life. And I think the best that I could come up with at this point, since I'm still going to be cleaning my kitchen on any day <laughs> off that I possess. Yeah. Um, you know, God walked with man in the garden. Mm. And I feel like that is an invitation to live a Christ-like life. As you said, Christ lived a life of Sabbath. Today I drove here for a meeting this morning and I was just praying all of these phrases. Um, I tried to think of everything that I had coming up in the day and I thought, I prayed, drive with me. Mm. And then I prayed, um, sit with me. And I even prayed pod with me. (laughs) And then I prayed cook with me, like everything that I'm gonna have to do in my day today just be with me. Yeah. Just be Pray. with me. Yeah. Pray pod for pod with me. Pod with yeah. me, Lord. We left a seat for you. It does it does get a little weird when you're in ministry to try to think what does it mean to rest? Because yeah. because it's all good stuff that technically counts towards the kingdom, but 
is there a principle behind Sabbath that actually applies even to someone who's a pastor or well, a worship leader? Or... I was going to say, like, it's interesting that working at a church, I f- sometimes feel like in order for church to happen the way we want it to happen, like, I better be ground down. Like, I need to be empty. You need to be a nub at the yeah. end of the week. <laughs> I need to be ground to dust, man. It's a yeah. privilege. It is the privilege of working in ministry to just be, like, completely empty. <laughs> but... That's not at all what this is saying, right? right. Like, right. God it's not, you're want, not working for money. Yeah. So that's not your motivation. But at the same time, God wants you to be full and abundant and alive. Yeah. Not ground to dust. Yeah. I, just because I work here does not mean God wants me ground to dust. Just like he doesn't want anybody else ground to dust. Right. Well, and some of us aren't in a position where we can just quit our jobs. Right. That's not what we're saying. So what does abundant life look like? This invitation to eat, eat. What does that look like in light of our circumstances? Right. And here's the, this is one of those things that I, I always am not sure how to, I can't promise this, but I also, it's been true for me. I'll say that when I do, even when I'm busy, even when I have stuff that I should be doing and could be doing, when I do trust God enough to stop for a day or even a half a day or whatever. And then I come back to it later. I find myself more energized, more Mm. productive and I do better work. Mm. Now, again, I don't want to say that this is like a ground rule for existence, but it seems to be that way. And maybe it's just a a principle for just like healthy living. If you are, if you are constantly on, you're constantly working, you're constantly answering emails, you're just constantly available. It, you do get ground down to the point where when you are working, you're working poorly. You know, you don't yeah. have the energy or the capacity to do that. I started taking a day off when I was in college and this, my senior year of college, I decided I was going to get real serious about a day off. And so I basically thought of Sunday as the day that I just would not do any work, not no, no schoolwork, only reading for pleasure, only spending time with friends and Uh, and going to church and all that. And I basically looked at Saturday night as the night before Monday morning. And that was just the way that I did it. And I tried it out for a year and I got way better grades, Hmm. like without spending seven days a week working on my schoolwork. Now I also was a much more mature person than I was my junior year, but um, (laughs) so there's a lot, there's a lot of other, well, I had spent a year living in Kenya and so I was a different person, but anyway, there's perhaps a principle there that what does it mean for God to bless our harvest in the sixth year so that we can take the seventh year off? Perhaps there's a, there's a sense of try it, like test God in actually trusting that you will do better work and have more product productivity if you take the time off than if you just keep pressing. Yeah. And I do think it's important to remember that we're not necessarily, or maybe you are, Marin asked this question a little bit ago. We're not necessarily saying like take a day off, right? Because in if I'm looking at my own situation, there's no days off. Like we just had a baby. Like there's no time for my wife to be like, I need some me time and I'm going to focus on a full day where it's just like me and God and I'm just going to completely rest. Like people are relying on her yeah. to get stuff done. Like little people. Mm. And right. So I wonder what it, how people like that in situations where it's like, it, it is impossible for me to right. rearrange things to, to give myself that window of time where it's Sabbath. So what, I, that, that's why I think it's important to, to, 
to get to the questions that you were asking. Yeah. Uh, because it wasn't necessarily asking people to take a day or right. something. It was like contentment almost. Are you addicted yeah. to the grind or are you interested in being okay with what is enough? Right. That was the first question, right? Yeah, yeah. Are you addicted to the grind or are you okay with enough? Yeah. Sabbath challenges us to be okay with what God would have for us is what you said. Mm-hmm. My thing is if God would just tell me what he wants for me, I'd be way fine taking some time off, but right. because I don't know, I'm just going to keep going. Right. Which is a problem. Yeah. Well, it might be a self perpetuating problem because again, when I'm thinking of God in the garden, walking with man, he could also be heard by man. The scripture says that, uh, when Adam and Eve first realized they were naked, they hid in the bushes cause they heard him coming. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, you know, how much of our inability to hear his voice and we don't know what he wants for, from us or for yeah. us. And how much of that is that we are constantly on the hamster wheel of life mm-hmm. and yeah. we're not, we're not listening, stopping to even be able well, to for listen. Sure. Yeah. To I'm be sure still. that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, someone asked, is this, is this socialism? <laughs> what? Was, I don't know. They asked that in one of the BYOB questions because I think they just thought it, it it's so ingrained in us to think that it, that just everybody just like sharing with one another yeah. and relying on, it's just so hippy dippy that it must not be, mm. uh, it's not American, you know, or whatever, or it's not yeah. democratic or something. Um, but it's interesting. I, using your, your wife trying to take time off, right? Yeah. And obviously you've got babies and kids. Imagine again, this is, this is idealistic. Imagine though, if you guys lived in a setting where there were aunties and uncles and grandparents and family and neighbors, and everybody was together for the whole day as a community, Mm. serving one another, loving one another, worshiping together. Like it wouldn't be a burden for your wife to take time to stop the grind because everybody would be sharing. So, but that's, I, we don't live in that. We live in this highly individualistic culture. So it's, we have to do remedial work to even get our community up to the point where we can support one another in, in broad yeah. terms. So that's I, an interesting comment about, about the socialism. Cause it seems like whenever there is any kind of humanitarian element, <laughs> yeah, somebody somewhere will, will start to go, Whoa, Hey, wait, yeah. is this, you right. know, which there's, there's a real humanitarian element in this law, especially saying that everybody yeah, that Sabbath is for everyone. Yeah. Um, and that's written right into the 10 commandments. Mm. Yeah. Isaiah 58. I mean, shoot. It's one of the obvious things is like God says, stop oppressing your workers. Actually listen to the Sabbath, obey the Sabbath laws. And I'm going to pour out abundance on you. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to knock your socks off. Like it, yeah, it's just so we miss that. Yeah. But that's well, such a huge as, part of it. As you mentioned, the Israelites missed that. Like there's no actual record of them having a, what did you say? A Sabbath, Sabbath year? year. Right. There's right. no record in, in scripture. So of that. it's so radical. Right. Even they nobody does it. Couldn't wrap their brains yeah. around right. it. It took what? Jesus. Six years before they started failing in the law that they were given six years before. Yeah. It's yeah. And yeah, I could go on and on. I, I had to mention that YouTube video cause I literally did, was doing a whole, there was a whole my last seminary class was sat was creation care and Sabbath economics. So like this no. is all very, very fresh for me. Can I point out though, one thing that I really wish I could have put in my sermon, but I couldn't, um, I'm going to pull it up actually. But as I was getting ready on Saturday morning, I, out of curiosity, 
I just, I have a, on my little um, Bible uh, software that I use, I, I copied the Hebrew words for eat, eat, and did a search for that to see if that phrase eat, eat showed up anywhere else. And it does several places, but then I, I found it in this prophecy in Joel, Joel two. And I just was laughing because the whole, the whole, uh, return to Eden series, laughing to myself with my Bible software. Is yeah. that what you're, yeah. No, I was no. laughing. Cause like, man, when's the last time anybody referenced Joel? <laughs> I know. Good old Joel. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah. Anyway, it, so I, I, the whole return to Eden series is about like returning to the garden, abundance, life, creation back in order, humans experiencing abundance. And I look for the eat, eat thing and it says, um, and I'm going to talk about this on the Wednesday Facebook live thing. Uh, cause I, it's just so cool to me, but it's this whole thing the Israelites post exile, they are, their country is devastated. You know, they don't know what's going on. And, and through the prophet Joel, God says, uh, Turn to me now while there's while there's time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Like return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate. Uh, he's slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. He's eager to relent and, and not punish. And so he's basically saying, just turn back to God. He really wants you to come back to him. Um, and then a little bit later it says, um, <clears throat> okay, blah, blah, blah. I've called the people. Let them pray. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Then the Lord will pity his people and jealously guard the honor of his land. The Lord will reply, look, I'm sending you grain and new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery. I'll drive away these armies, blah, blah, blah. Um, oh yeah, and a little bit later. Don't be afraid, you animals of the field, for the wilderness pastures will soon be green. The trees will again be filled with fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will be loaded down once more. Rejoice, you people of his, of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Um, I'm trying to find it. At some point in here, it says, you will eat. You will eat, <laughs> eat. Anyway, the point is, it's this <clears throat> this whole prophecy that totally talks about the, yeah. the return of the abundance. And it's just beautiful, and I love it. And so it's just cool that, that this is... What was that passage, Barry? That was Joel 2, and that's all I can tell you. Joel, underrated, man. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I even heard about that book. Really? Joel? Joel 2, and it's 12 through 13, and then 22 through 27. Um, oh, yeah, I just did. I was almost almost there. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain. The presses will overflow with new wine and olive oil. Once again, you will have all the food you want. You will eat, eat, and you will praise the Lord your God. Wow. I love that. I, I think it's just so That's cool. That's incredible. Sorry, I'm having a moment. Oh, you actually are. Your face wasn't. No. You looked like you were being sarcastic. But you're, no. you're serious. I'm really having a moment. Wow, that I, sounds great, Barry. No, I'm sorry. I had to, yeah. I had to turn Neat. the page. I had to turn the page in my journal because I was praying through the sanctuary uh, at Fisher's yesterday, and I wrote down a bunch of things that I, you know, carving out. Yeah. What did you say? A sanctuary carving out yeah, a sanctuary in time. Yeah, exactly. That's what I did for a little bit yesterday, hmm. and one of the things that a couple of things happened while I was praying through the sanctuary. At one point, I was weeping, but one of the things that I started to pray for was for rain. Hmm. It was actually raining outside. Hmm. Um, and I just, I just started, I felt like the Lord was telling me to pray for rain. And I took that as like an outpouring of his Holy spirit. And so I started praying that hmm. way. Um, but when you just said, uh, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness, hmm. I'm like, okay, well then that's what I'm, that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for, um, I'm praying for his faithfulness to meet us in that, in that space. And I'm praying for, 
um, the fresh rains of his Holy Spirit to come into that place and into my life. And um, Lord knows I need it. But then when you got to the end about, you know, the abundance and the fruit and the eat, eat, like it just all came together for me that this desire to take us, quote unquote, back to Eden is is just that, like the desire for us to be so uh, in awe of his presence mm. and for him to do what he loves to do, which is just to lavish and provide. And mm-hmm. um, that's that's literally my prayer from yesterday. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. There's, yeah, we could, man, we could go into this. There's so much cool stuff. Um, and there's a whole bunch of applications to the whole uh, year of, the uh, Sabbath year and stuff that, that really apply to the way that we live in the world, even to things like environmentalism, which would be a whole other topic. And we'll get there when we... Somebody we, just had a heart attack when you said that. What? Environmentalism? <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> you. I'm telling you, there is something to it about our our tending and caring for the, the earth. Well, and that's another reason why I thought what you shared was provocative. I am not great at tending or caring <laughs> for my yard even. And when you said that the initial uh, occupation Vocation of, humanity, of yeah. mankind was to tend the earth, yeah. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, I would I'm right not, there with you. I would not, I've been, I would have been fired, Barry. Well, <laughs> we're all fired. just children when it comes to that stuff. We've got, I've got work to do. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a good overseer. Uh-huh. Like I could watch people do that and make sure it looks nice but i don't i don't do physical things with my life <laughs> <laughs> well why would we we don't none of yeah. us were raised in agricultural settings right we don't i'm i'm trying to do remedial like youtube learning to learn how to like keep things alive i figured out <laughs> wheatgrass we've now got it down to a science where we can grow wheatgrass for our chickens and our rabbits wow on a weekly basis and like through the winter and everything yeah yeah, yeah. so they can wow. have fresh fresh grass it's awesome Meanwhile, we have raised beds in our backyard to like do gardens. <laughs> yeah. And my wife literally asks me, do you know how to like fix it's the, the, the frames <laughs> yeah. of the, of I, the, of I the saw that raised beds are like falling apart. She's yeah. like, do you know how to like take care of any, anything of that? <laughs> I'm like, come on. You, you like, said, no, she said, do you know how to fix those? You're like, yeah. And yeah. she's like, do you know how to make them look good? And you're like, no, <laughs> no, I, but I can fix them. We, yeah, our half of our yard is mud. It's just mud. Oh, everything's mud, yeah. Like grass won't grow. It's just mud. Wait, you mean all year round or just right now? I mean like forever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh all right. So anything else on this, Barry? Or are we just trying to wrestle with whether or not we're self-sufficient or we trust God? Because the answer for me usually is, yeah, I'm probably not trusting God as much as I ought to be. Yeah. What about you guys? Like, are you, Marin? Do you do you hear a message like this, and you're like, "Yeah, I, I think I am. Uh, I'm spreading the fullness of life, or I'm allowing God to meet my like needs." Like I said, and- this this was a provocative message for me personally. I asked myself a few different questions. I asked myself, um, "Why do I? Why do I have this knee jerk reaction that like rest is wrong?" Yeah. Oh like, yeah. It is so hard for me. My wife's that way. To sit still. Yeah. <laughs> what is my problem? Where did this come from? Am I trying to prove something to myself or is this something I was raised with culturally? I mean, yeah, we, we didn't take vacations as a family. And part of that is probably because we couldn't no really afford them. Um, and if we did, it was like, you know, a weekend yeah. in the summer that we'd go away or something. But my dad worked from home and worked 
odd hours. He'd often work through the night, round the clock, and he makes teeth. And so I'd hear this little Dremel tool, like in the mm. middle of the night, ring, yeah. like that. <laughs> the soundtrack of my mm. youth is my dad working. And so to me, when I am working on projects and music can be done from computers pretty much anywhere. So right. I can be recording something. I can be doing work at 2.30 in the morning and it is nothing to me. Okay. So why do you have the reaction you do, do you think? That's that's what I'm asking oh, you're myself. Still wondering. I, I haven't quite you know nailed an answer, but I do know that I saw this growing up this round the clock this is just work you just work all the time and you work when you can and is it fear i think for me a lot of things i do are fear based and it might be a fear of scarcity or mm-hmm. a fear that i'm going to let a ball drop like that i'm yeah. going to like let something slip through the cracks and then oh man i didn't do my job well enough like so I, I, there's a lot of project management in what i do and it's ongoing like forever like we just had meetings today about july yeah. Yeah. We just had meetings today about July. Like it's, yeah. it's perpetual. And for me, when I, when I sit down, I might be caught up on this week's tasks, but I'm also thinking about July. There's always something I could be working on. Mm-hmm. Right. There's always a project I could be working on. It is constant. And as soon as July comes, we'll be talking about December. So yeah. it is, it is perpetual. And a lot of people's jobs are that way. That's what my job is like currently in Chicago. There was a time that I worked four jobs, four separate jobs, just to help support the family. Jed had a job. I had four small jobs mm-hmm. um, or part-time-ish jobs, I guess. But I did all of them not out of a um, drive for more or a, a workaholism or anything like that. It was literally... This is what has to happen. Yeah, yeah. to yeah. pay our rent and put gas in my car and put groceries on the table. And then all of the incidentals that come with having kids in school, this field trip, that field trip, this uniform, that uniform, all of it, all of that work was not because I was a workaholic. It was because it's what my life situation required at the time. And I think that's why I think so much to, yes, maybe we have people um, in a more affluent, you know, corner of the world that can afford to pass the promotion, but we have other people that are just dreaming of ever even being offered a promotion. Mm-hmm. And what does Sabbath look like to them who feel they have no choice but to hustle? That's why this was provocative to me. And mm-hmm. then that's why I asked the question I asked, yeah. are we really saying, hey guys, let's go back to a six day work week and you know guard that Sabbath day and keep it holy. <laughs> what right. what are we saying exactly? So it was provocative to me yeah. for those reasons. Well, we can only we could only do that if everyone was on the same page and we were and we said and we're we're gonna be so we're gonna do that so uh, well that we are gonna commit as a community to protect that for others, which means we're gonna come in to help fill the gaps financially for those who can't afford to do that. Like that's 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 where you do get people mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, that's socialism." Because well, I wouldn't have thought that I was in a financial need. Even when I worked those four jobs, mm-hmm. I would not have thought that I was a candidate for care center because right. I'm doing it. I got it covered. Right. Four jobs, right. but I'm doing it. I got it covered. Right. I slipped into my Chicago accent for a second there. <laughs> I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're right. That's, yeah. That's, I asked myself, is my hardworking hustle a sin? Like, nobody needs to answer that but yeah, me, sure. but right. me, I guess. Right. Like, is it. Yeah, that's is, a good question. Is it. Is it. Um, is there an idol of self-sufficiency 
in my own life. That's what this sermon made me ask myself. Um, I asked myself, is there a limit to my drive? Like we joked about it at the beginning of this podcast saying yes to too many things, but I mean, do I have a limit? I'm, I think it was provocative in a sense that it was thought provoking. Yeah. It was not offensive to me. Right. It provoked good conversation and good thoughts. That's awesome. When is the last time you felt rested? <laughs> I don't think this is a great season to be asking me that. Well, can you remember though? Like as long, I've known you almost three years, right? Four years, three mm-hmm. years. And I don't, I don't know you rested. Whether it's the season or the last three years. Like, well, and like I said, I, I, there's always something I could be doing. There's always something I need to be working on. And if it's not something work related, it's something related to my kids and the emails right. I get from their schools right, or right. that dinner that needs to be made. You know, there's just always something. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm asking myself all those questions. I do like that quote that you gave. I want to revisit that quote. Um, from Rabbi Heschel, mm-hmm. that six days a six week, days we, a week, we wrestle with the world, wringing profit from the earth, and on the Sabbath, we especially care for the seed of eternity planted in the soul. So, if that's the definition of Sabbath, caring for that seed of eternity planted in the soul, yeah. that I can do. Yeah, yeah. Sit still is hard. Yeah, but if I, I can, I can tend to the garden of my soul if if that's the definition of Sabbath. Yeah. There's, this is good. Uh, that's so encouraging to know that it was thought provoking, that it was provocative in that way. Cause I, that's exactly what I was hoping it would be. Here's something that's provocative to me. And it is, is the back of my mind. I wonder, are we completely, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that this is just me talking out loud. <laughs> uh, are we compromising on all of this by not assuming that, that God would provide for us if we didn't do the work if we didn't work six like uh i have friends in other countries uh who don't take paychecks like there's a man a man in, in india named pranjal doesn't take or at least when I, when i knew him in india he was he never took a paycheck he just gave himself to ministry went around and god would just radically provide for him exactly what he needed at any given moment it was to the point where it was consistently weird where you know he'd need a certain amount of exact amount of money for his wife's school bills and then he'd have one person give him an envelope with a certain amount of money in it. And then as he's about to get on a train, another person runs up and says, uh, someone wanted you to have this. And he opens it up. And when he adds the two together, it's exactly the amount of money that his wife needed that day for her school, like that kind of stuff. And it, and so at the back of my mind, I think, is that really what it's supposed to be like? Like what, if, what if it actually is supposed to be that way, but none of us have enough trust because we were, yeah, we're I Americans. Don't, I don't believe that's for me. I don't. I think when it comes down I also to it, don't, I, I I'm just, not saying that it, I yeah. think it's that. I'm just asking. It's I'm just one of those. Real little... hesitant to go to extremes like yeah. that. Not to say that what that dude is doing is wrong. Obviously, he has a tight relationship with our Lord and Savior, and he knows <laughs> that's what he's being called to. Right. I'm also believe God. There's a scripture that says, "If you don't work, you don't eat." Yeah. And I feel like I have maybe made that too much of a virtue in my life. Like mm-hmm. working is good. Right. Not even that I, I have this knee-jerk reaction that for some reason resting is bad. I think it's more that working is good. And if I'm working, I'm doing something good. And my family will eat because I am working. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I associate working with good. To that end, 
I could easily be a Martha and not a Mary because working is good. Yeah. See me, Lord. See me, Lord. I'm cleaning my kitchen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at me, Jesus. And Mary is sitting at his feet. And so to me, what everything you said is a, it's an invitation to sit at his feet and to be with him. Mm. And I think that's where the conviction came in for me as it pertains to this particular message. Yeah. You know, I got the working thing down. That part's not hard. I can yeah. do that all day and all night. But well, yeah. can I that, sit at his feet? That was the interesting part is you kind of wrapped it up, Barry, by saying in Eden, humanity worked. Like, yeah. They were working. Right. But it was it was not a grind. They were serving each other. They were working for creation. They were delighting in each other. Right. That's And this, is, by the way, is putting the pieces together from small little bits in the Genesis story of what it seems to be the idea would have been. Yeah. You know, like, really, it was just two humans. So... For me to say that they were delighting in one another is based on the fact that, that <laughs> yeah. Adam's response to seeing her is, wow, yeah. bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Like, yeah. I'm so excited. So I, but that seems to be what the story is implying, that yeah. they were meant to be gardeners. That's what tending and watching over the earth is. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something and I'm forgetting what it was. Oh, the one other thing regarding that about the, the work being good versus too much work like that whole there's a really interesting theme and i'd love to do more study on this of what agriculture how agriculture is in both of those camps throughout the bible um on one hand it's it's the place with which god can come through for you because he sends the rains right in scripture god is the source of the rains so the rains are what you need for your crops to grow you know irrigation wasn't really a thing in the judean hillsides so uh, you need that, but so it's like, it is a place where you can depend on God, but it's also the place where you can depend on yourself because with agriculture comes the ability to grow more than you need mm. and the ability to store up in barns and the ability mm. to use mm. your, and so wealth is an outcome of agriculture and animal husbandry where you can start to have more than you need and then use that to purchase other people's lands and to be, you know, to grow your wealth and build barns. And so it's so interesting that that there's a, there's this motif of agriculture being a place of dependence and enough and also a place of being self-sufficiency and and mm. more than enough and a lack of trust and so it's just an, I, I would love to do but more study regardless on he sends the rain yeah regardless he sends the rain absolutely yeah. mm. absolutely although in egypt there's a big mo i don't want to get into this there's, <laughs> there's a big motif of the grain silo city like uh, that's like part of what the Israelites were made to build. They built the grain silos for, for Pharaoh so he could have way more than enough. And they were able to, you know, channel through human ingenuity, the, the Nile into their own canals for their own irrigation purposes and all, you know, so it's almost like they didn't rely on God. They relied on the forces of, of chaos. And anyway, it's, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> Sorry. I even brought it Barry, up. <laughs> you're really good at being like, start talking about something being like, Nah, I don't want to talk about it. And then I still finish. talk about it. No, I know. I I, that's a problem of mine. I cannot leave a thought just like out yeah. there. It's so hard. That's why it's really, it's an agonizing process for me to write a sermons. Cause I have to, oh, man. I have to be like, I really that's want to talk about for this. 42 minutes. I know. Yeah. I know. So I've got to rein it in. Anyway, speaking of rein it in, where are we going next? What's, we are going to finish the series and we're going to talk about sacrifice. And I'm looking forward to it and a little nervous for this message because I, Again, there's a lot to unpack and also it's a, it's an intense topic. I mean, we're going to, I don't know how deeply I'm going to get into it, but the actual animal sacrifice, the sacrificial system in Israel is very, it's visceral. I'll say that that's the right word for it. It's, there's a lot of blood and guts and death and 
yeah, it's not a very pleasant Is this topic. a worship together weekend? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, based on past experience. I hope not. <laughs> I won't get, it's not going to be super gory. I'm not going to get into it like, like that. But it's just the, the, the idea of the number of animals that were just slaughtered and all of the things that went along with it. It's just, a, it's just a lot to think about. And then to take that and to realize the significance of Christ's death in the context of the sacrificial system, it's heavy. It's intense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's going to end on a bit of an intense, uh, the series is going to end on a bit of an intense, uh, whatever note, hmm. but I mean, ultimately the sac- the whole theme of sacrifice in scripture leads to the most hopeful the ho- yeah. most hopeful aspect of anything and the fact that we now have access to life. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think it's going to end on a high note, but man, it's trying to get there in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you so. warned us in a meeting this morning that it's always the the subjects you're the most passionate about. Yeah. That, that are the hardest to keep in. <laughs> and the, it's yeah. hard to rein in. Yeah. And I, I've mentioned that you have been at least on this podcast talking or alluding to that yeah. particular sermon well, for the past like four weeks in a row. Sabbath's the one that I could go on and on about. Sacrifice is the one that's probably got me the most nervous because I want to get it right. Mm. And so it's, I am excited about it, but it's probably, I'm more just like anxious about it because I'm like, man, I, I really want to do this justice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's where we're going next. And uh, people can catch you Wednesday night. Yep. For the final Facebook live for the BYOB series, it will be 7 p.m. on Grace's Facebook page. Okay. Good. All right, so we got Fan Jam, we got Fuel, Faith, and Family Night this Woo. weekend, so we hope to see you at uh, some of this stuff going on. If not, we'll see you uh, at at Grace. Between now and then, Marin, we please send us out? Yep. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.